I am Ben Doc Askins, the psychedelic science war storyteller, and this is the Anti-Hero's Journey Podcast. Hey everybody, Doc here. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want it to be possible for me to continue to make it, then I'm going to need you to go to my store at antiheroesjourney.com and buy my audiobook and my ebook in one of the many translations available, or go to shop and pick out some of my stuff t shirts and hats and pet bandanas and bikinis and scented candles and all sorts of nonsense, all the things you could ever want and never need, and get 10% off with the code all caps FRIEND10. Go to antiheroesjourney.com and use the code, all caps, FRIEND10, to get 10% off anything that you could ever want there. I appreciate your support. Thank you. I love you. Goodbye. They don't turn the cameras off for a reason. Yeah. It's because when, right. when, they, when, when they think they're off screen, that's when the magic just happens. Just clear it up in post, right? Like you just hit record real sneakily like I did 10 seconds ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's I'm up? telling you, you got it, you got it, you got it. <laughs> we started, uh, we started talking, and uh, I got my buddy Tommy Aceto here on the podcast, and he was like, "This is all the gold. Like we should be recording." So I just hit record on him. Right? Tommy Aceto was a 16-year Navy SEAL medic and intelligence offer officer. He's a psychedelic medicine advocate with the Veteran Mental Health Leadership Coalition and the Veteran Mental Health Chief Officer for Give to Give Foundation, a nonprofit that gives access to Dr. Joe. Spenza's meditation work. He lives in Nashville, Tennessee with his wife and is finishing his master's of fine arts degree as a director slash writer. The first time Tommy and I ever talked was on the phone. And I don't know if this is normal for you. You're a super friendly guy. I'm a super friendly guy, but I don't usually talk to somebody for an hour on the phone. The first time that I ever talked to them and we just laughed our asses off the whole time and had a great time. And I was like, Hey, I got to get you on the podcast and just continue that conversation. So glad you were willing to jump back on the pod here with me brother anytime man uh, anything i can do to move this forward as much as i really do enjoy talking to you and appreciate the work you're doing i it's just part of it like you know first thing we learned in seal training was pass the fucking word can we swear on this podcast yeah, oh yeah yeah it's, because i mean yours it's nc75 seven you know like anybody it's an adults only podcast like well, my books and well adults only, i mean but. i have to be i i just did one with two special forces guys from canada and they were like no religion no no <laughs> politics and you can talk uh, no about swearing. all those things on my and podcast I like, man and i was like and how many <laughs> How many people do you get? What do you want me to talk about? I know about? this is Canada, but... Push-ups? We're going to talk yeah. about push-ups. Cool. Yeah, yeah. No, no. No, I actually... I, it's actually... In, I feel like when I'm talking to someone in the military, my mind goes into a different way to communicate with that person. Yeah. Yeah, and, for sure. And it's like the words are just like... Uh, it's you just have a different pattern sailor. of speech, oh. right? There's the team room pattern of speech, and there's congressional testimony pattern of speech and those are just different rooms require different verbiage right <laughs> yeah i mean one day when i write my book yeah. uh, which has been been a long time coming but we got ai now and it's beautiful man you just like okay cleans it up cheapest assistant i don't care if you know everything about me but guess what you're gonna help me write my story yeah baby. yeah yeah let's go yeah I, it's true it's really true it's like it's incredible this conversation 
that first conversation that I had with General Steele, the first time I met this man, and we, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to, we'll just let we'll put a pin in that one because that one, that, that but it's incredible because the way I we way we introduced to each other in urinals right before our <laughs> testimony in Michigan for psilocybin. Yeah, yeah. I was telling him about my first clandestine meetings growing up in Detroit where we, we would, across the canal, there was this disgusting, at, and I was young, I was like sixth grade, but at the time, it was this disgusting Mariner's nudie bar that was next to the Selfridge Air Force Base. <laughs> okay. So I remember my mom going, hey, to the neighbor, you know, like, hey, Jack, heard you over at the uh, sales in last night. How are those burgers? You know, like they're like, oh, they're great. They have great food there. Just great food. <laughs> you got to try the wings. And they're like all these dudes <laughs> trying to catch like carp and, you know, the bottom feeders and they're all fishing, you know, where my canal was. And we would go over there and we would do, this is beautiful. I, I'm so glad I'm telling this story. Yes, yeah, I don't yeah, get yeah. This, this is one of my favorites. But we would, I'd get some friends, and we would all we would terrorize the neighborhood. We would do sneaky Pete, you know, hide and go seek. We got older, we started pissing the people's mailbox yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. like, and yeah. doing all the bad. They were bad people, just delinquent and, uh, stuff. Know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like watch, and then knowing that the heat was going to heat up the mailbox with the urine in it, and when they opened their <laughs> thing, it was like, oh my god. We were always, always doing mischief. Just I mean, raising I was to do. I was just well, I didn't know this, but that was God really getting me my my awareness to in that operational state of mind. I mean, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, you could never write my life. You could never write it the way it built. And it's because there's an external force. I call it God, but you can call it universe. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. So like these were writing my story. But so we'd get guys and when in winter, we'd cross the ice and we would set, there was a marina right next to the strip club, strip bar, and we would get cinder blocks and we'd get like six of them. We'd stack them high. We'd make steps and we'd have guy on lookout posts. I had guy looking at the front door. You know, those little foyers they used to have where the phone would be before you get into the second. So we had guys staring there, one guy pulling security on the rear, one guy pulling security on the street and one guy stepping up the steps and looking in the the exhaust fan yeah and you're like 10 <laughs> feet from the stage yeah 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 and i'm like i i this is something i don't want to brag about because like these were not attractive women <laughs> at all but we didn't give a shit because we were sixth grade right, we were like right, this right. is like yeah. my heartbeats going through my I chest want to be grown like what are the grown-ups doing in there well it was a sense of adventure really and the best part was we would we would blackmail the shit out of people because we would see like our neighbors in there we would see our janitors we'd see teachers <laughs> okay getting yeah, dirt on the whole town teachers. oh yeah, man yeah. we oh yeah and then once you got that on them it's just like you're just walking around <laughs> straight A's. Like, yeah straight A's. oh yeah oh yeah i told that story to general Steele, and he almost fell over in the urinal laughing <laughs> he's such a good like, dude that's my first conversation with him yeah. and it was right before it was right before we went into test of, or to do this the work in Michigan for yeah. psilocybin. So yeah, the first time I crazy. met him was uh, when you all were coming to uh, 
Frankfurt, Kentucky to do the speak in front of the opioid abatement advisory commission there. And I picked him up at the airport because you were running a little late to get there on that day. And I gave him a ride uh, the, to the, the hotel. Whole time zone thing. I'm not you. <laughs> it's like my third time zone I've lived in. It's like, I keep forgetting. It's like, oh God, I'm the like, time oh, changes sh- from central to Eastern yeah. time. Like Tommy's well, not going to make it guys. I'm going to go pick everybody no, up. No, that was like, and I was flying. I'm like, I'm making good time. And I look at the clock and there's another hour. Uh, I'm it was like, so funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was such a funny it, night too. Yeah. Yeah. I gave him a lift and oh, man, yeah. he shared, he was sharing some stuff just about like some of the mental health stuff that he's done for dudes who've been just horribly burned and blown up and just taking care of them and like introduce he, there was somebody who was just like, you know, a quad that he connected to like Miss Universe or something on, and like she took this guy on a date and he went along and like, just, just was like, I kind of opened his heart about like some just beautiful things that he was doing in the world. And it was an awesome chance to just kind of see behind the curtain of somebody who like i'd vote for him for president like i think he's amazing but like got it just a pure art of gold for sure you know i live in this world where i'm kind of naive and i like that about me because i i i i i kind of keep a it's like that goldfish you know you just try not (laughs) to keep swimming yeah just keep swimming and just try not to think you know judge or uh you know have expectations before you talk to someone you're talking like the ted lasso and, goldfish like just forget yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha, i love gotcha. god i love that character so much so yeah and, and and he's a general i was like an enlisted you know medic i seal so i i don't know what to expect when i meet these people and i forget i i completely forget and so part of it though it's psychological because like i don't want to really put anyone too high or too sure. low. People I want to really see people, right? I want to be there. And I know I'm like trying to be respectful because he's, he's the man, but, but you don't I get three I feel stars like for nothing, right? Yeah. You don't start from a 17 year old E1 and become the youngest commission officer of the Marine Corps ever at 20, at 20. Yeah. Two tours in Vietnam and still, you know, rocking and rolling, doing he was, you know, advocacy work yeah. for veterans. He's amazing. He he was on the f- Marine All Marine football team as well. <laughs> yeah, he's a legend. Like he's a living and his legend. So, his son's, I guess, a freaking like big te- or a big collegiate wrestler or was. But he so yeah. So my point is, I don't know the, a lot of these people I meet, and I'm and then I'm like, oh shit, because this space <laughs> that we're in, it's yeah. like we're the freaking pathfinders. Like yeah. we're, you know, it's like hundred years from now they're gonna look our names up in books. And that's not because I, it's, there's probably a sense of, I'm you know, still going to be alive. Be remembered. Then, I don't know about you. Uh, no, I'll, I will be, but it'll be a different, a different uh, texture. The, the it'll be version way of you better. or something. Yeah, yeah. You know that place you go to on the five MEO? That's where I'll be forever. And I'll just come back and haunt people. Be like, Was that the fourth or the sixth point. dimension? I forget how all of that stuff gets played out. Uh, yeah. I've been to quite a few, but the, uh, yeah. So I, 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 um, I forget, and I'll tell you, I really say this with all honesty. I, the one currency that I've had in my life, which I'm truly rich, are the men around me. Yeah, and some women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's also that's also my antagonist. But so I've met so many incredible men, and you know I could name drop and do all that, but that's not the place. But the, the reality is, besides my 
I'll just say my top three that I've met in my life. Number one was my college soccer coach. His name was Scott Fry. And he recruited me, came to my state champion wrestling match to recruit me for soccer because they were division three. And he came in and he rebuilt this whole program. My older brother played there and I, I knew I was going to start as a freshman. So I, I just went to the division three school and I didn't want to cut weight anymore. So I, I gave up wrestling again after I won the States. And, uh, and so this guy came to recruit me out of my, he came to watch me wrestle to recruit me for soccer. And we went to the semifinals NCAA my freshman year. We were like a Cinderella story, a bunch of big athletes. We weren't really soccer players. It's kind of like that movie with Sylvester Stallone and the, <laughs> the Expendables. My, that, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now it would be, that's what it looked like now playing soccer. Oh my God. But, but you know, this guy was amazing. He'd walk in the room and he was like devout man of God, but he, he had that, he was a little Scottish guy and he had the, those eyes that would tear up. And when those eyes tear up, teared up, you'd just be like, what do you want? What do you want me to do? I'll do anything because it's like gateway to the soul. And 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 so he left after my freshman year and he ended up winning six national titles with the women's soccer program at Messiah. So he'll go down as one of the best college soccer players. He was phenomenal. And then, But then the next guy I met was Mike Sweeney. Mike Sweeney was a five-time Major League All-Star. He walked into the quarter deck when I was at watch, pissed off because I'm like, come back from deployment and go to become an instructor and they put you on watch and you're like, what the hell? There's like 200 people around here that just quit and you can't stand the quarter deck, but they, it's like a, it's such a high profile place that they need a seal there, but whatever. And so he walks in and I didn't know who he was and we just really connected. But Mike Sweeney, if you ever ask anybody in baseball, like some great men in baseball, and he's always in the top five, top three for like, just his character. And so he became like my best friend for since about well, 15 years now, something like that. And then he, you know, kind of introduced me to some really good men, but, but general Steele, he's special because he's so quiet and he, he's never his, he came out of retirement to lead one of the most prolific movements in modern medicine. And, you know, He's never done a psychedelic. He'll never do a psychedelic on principle. Well, I mean, he read my book, and my book is a psychedelic, so there's that much for whatever good that might do. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one thing to read, but another thing to feel. <laughs> it's a gateway. It's a gateway drug to actual drugs. It's a good, yeah. It's Well, I know, not everybody's going to do them. That's, I get yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, we're not, that's the idea. That's not the, exactly. That's that's same with uh, Brian... Murzeku, the author from yeah, Immortality Key. Yeah, yeah, the Immortality yeah, Key. Yeah. yeah, it's a good book. I can never say his name right. I don't feel <laughs> bad because nobody could say my name right either. So, or even. Yeah, it's just a it's just a big psyop trying to figure out how to say everything in this so called reality correctly, right? Well, my name was changed twice when they came over from Italy, so it's like they're not even the damn names, anyways. We're saying the wrong. You want to talk about words? It's like. Yeah, how do you say it right? What are what are words? Well, it's it means vinegar in Italian. <laughs> okay, so it's, nice. It, yeah. It's it, C C H is if it's followed by a vowel, so it's aceto. Aceto. Okay, 
Yeah, I've never heard anybody say it right, including me. I'm glad I li- I'm glad I live here in America because I would not want to be called Tommy Vinegar. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, now you're in trouble because that cat's out of the bag. <laughs> it is one of the oldest medicines in the book, though. Yeah. No, that's true, right? Yeah, yeah. Oil yeah. and vinegar. Tommy, Med- Tommy Medicine. Tommy Medicine, the medicine man. Being a SEAL medic, that's pretty cool, right? Sock him and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, it was wonderful. I mean, I wanted to be a pediatrician since I was six, and I gave that up around junior college. <laughs> I was <laughs> it's a lot my of school, advisor. Man. Oh my god, my advisor is just like, "What happened to you?" I was like, "Um, I got lost. I got lost." Um, and then you know what? I'm just like, that wasn't my path. My path was to do exactly what I did and to make the exact mistakes I made and to to experience exactly what I did because every experience is just another part of the journey that's leading you to the next. Yeah. You're just feeling prepared for whatever the next step is in the previous step. And that's kind of what integration therapy is all about, right? Whether it's psychedelic or not is being able to get the perspective to where you can read the backwards part of your story, looking at your memories and say, yeah, I, oh, I didn't know, but that was what I was getting ready for, right? Is that kind of how you've stitched together looking back at your past? Well, yeah, I, I would say this. I'd say the biggest umbrella is that it's about change and that people need to understand that growth is change. You can't be the same person. You can't have the same relationship you wish you would have had because that's not change. And that's what life is. It's literally us growing and changing. And the reality is that human beings are really hurting for tools for change because they can't let go. And we can get into that because that's, this is my, I mean, you want, you asked five questions and this is answering one of them is my passion is to heal trauma, plain and simple. Yeah. What's in the, what's in the kit bag there? Like you talked about human beings are, are starving for change. What's in the toolkit? I love that. I love talking to medics. This is awesome. You got the drop leg. You got the. We're going to be here a like, while. You got the stomp. You got. You got. You know, escalate force, escalate over. medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Grab your buddies. Yeah, this is going down. Yep. yep. Casualty yeah, collection the, the point. Med, Go. <laughs> the the med bag. <sighs> the med bag. Now people need to understand what the hell that means and why I get fired up because that name get the med bag downrange didn't mean get the med bag it meant get the drop utensil so we can take a picture yeah that's what it was so you know i'm laughing because i'm like yeah i've exchanged all my real med bag for a new med bag you know not bandages i still carry around my still deployed bag and i keep it in the car in case everyday carry stuff right yeah Yeah, in case i see somebody and i can go up and help and then i love the sweep swoop in like a ghost and leave you know and then these guys these all these paramedics like what the hell was that yeah 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 it's fun man oh yeah it's so much fun (laughs) i love it keep the lore alive baby yeah that's what i say yeah yeah. gotta keep them gotta keep them talking but yeah the med bag well I treat, but obviously I don't, I try, I try to make it my ministry, to be honest with you. It was real hard for me to take money because I didn't want to, I didn't want to ruin the authenticity 
of of the interaction that I had from provider to to patient and i and i and i felt like anything i could do to my my background and i have a background in intelligence as well as medicine so like it's no coincidence that those are my backgrounds and now we're sitting here talking about the nervous system which is the intelligence of the the whole being and so i know this much i know that a human being if they're in trauma, they're locked in the sympathetic drive because that sympathetic state is survival mode. And so you're in a lower brainstem energy. Everything drops down. And that's why the emotions of the body, like fear and depression and anxiety, those are bodily emotions, lower emotions, lower energy. It's the monkey it's mind. It's the mind. It's, it's getting pulled down. It's getting pulled down. And so like through the work of Joe Dispenza and so many others and like this incredible book, if you want to get the, this oh, is like the Bible. breath work. Yeah. That's the Bible of the how to change your nervous system right yeah, there. That's good. So, stuff. yeah. So, you know, the thing is, is that we, we have the ability to change our mind. We can reprogram our mind. And, and I, I forgot where we're going with this. <laughs> What's in your kit bag? Yeah, yeah. you got holotropic oh, breath work book. Yeah. You got, uh, so, you know, yeah. Yes. So the, the the breath work is, I always say, it's the first and the last thing you ever do. So why don't you master it? And in reality is most of our breathing is so programmed into the chest where we use our intercostals to get away from the lion that's chasing us. And it's like, that's just bad programming, just pure and simple. And yeah, people aren't even aware that of that. Brainstem. Yep. So- Breathwork certified through Laird and Gabby Reese in Malibu, but like as a SEAL medic and then a, a SEAL underwater instructor, we did a lot of breathwork. And so I see a lot of these things, again, being played out in my life. But the reality is the breath is the number one breath, is the most important medicine in the, in the med bag. The psychedelics all work. So I don't have to, I can, I can list all the things that I've done with 5-MeO-DMT or psilocybin, ayahuasca, ibogaine, LSD, cannabis, all of them. I mean, I've even done Cabo or what's the the frog one? Cabo? Cabo? Oh, Bufo? No, no, not Bufo. No, it's the other one where they, I just saw it. I just saw it The golden arrow frog, the the poison, the toxin. frog. Somebody's saying it right now. They're listening. (laughs) They're like, just think of it. They're screaming It's the frog one, frog man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, full disclosure, I'm still in the National Guard and like holotropic breath work and ketamine assisted therapy are my personal experience level with all of this stuff. Right. But I'm a firm believer that like the non-ordinary state of consciousness is the point. Like you get there and you do therapy around it. Now, like you've got a, you know, PhD and using a bunch of these different substances in, you know, in Mexico, in clinical settings, in a like bunch of other places or medic, whatever, you, you know, yeah, like it's appropriate. Someday I'll get on that level. It's just, I got some time left to give uncle Sam before that's going to happen for me. But like, I love hearing about it. So anything you want to share? Yeah. Oh man. Let her rip. I, I tell you, well, I'll just say this much. It all starts with intention. That's how you turn a drug into a medicine and not all medicines or not all drugs are good medicine. Like we, we can, that's another story, maybe the second podcast, but you know, like that awareness that the government has sold drugs and basically 
made people take these drugs through the healthcare system and insurance and the VA and which General Steele turned down that appointment twice. Oh, really? For a reason. Wow. Because he knew. Okay. Because he knew. Yeah, yeah. He knew. You get in people's yeah, pockets and they own you. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's that. That's why I'm on the show. That's why we're doing what we're doing. It's because we need to w- raise awareness and inspire people so that they can make changes. And if you make changes in yourself, guess what? It's a ripple effect. And then you change your family, and then you change your your your, your neighborhood, and then you change your state, and then all of a sudden everybody comes aware and goes, you know what? They work for us. We are the republic for which freedom stands. We are the ones that served. And people are like, when I talk like that, I know I could feel the energy leaving my mouth from my heart and hitting them. And it's like I, I, I hit them like right in the freaking kisser. And it's because I know like if we're not doing this thing, if we're not taking this out, millions and millions and millions of people will never experience what life truly is. Strategic navigators reduced my income tax bill by over 50%. These guys save entrepreneurs anywhere from 40 to 60% on their income taxes. Click the link in the description to schedule a call and see what these guys can do for you. If you enjoy paying as much as possible in taxes, then just ignore everything I just said. I love the vision that maps casts around a bunch of that of the idea of net zero trauma by 2070, where between diplomacy that is enlightened or whatever you want to call it by gaining the kind of perspective you're describing and trauma work with recovery for people who have been, you know, suffering incredibly between those two things, getting to net zero trauma is a realistic goal. It's not you know, to end all wars by 2070. And it's not to heal everyone that's ever suffered, but to find a balance between those things to where we can kind of move to the next stage of, you know, levels of consciousness among human beings on planet earth so that we can you, I have a question of each other, one. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Go can, for it. I want you, can you explain that when they say net trauma, my mind thinks no trauma. And I'm thinking that can't be possible because there's always conflict in the world. You're never going to get everybody in unity because the freaking whole world would just blow up into it's too much energy. Yeah. We're recording this while like everybody's talking about world war three, right? We got Ukraine and Russia and we got Hamas and Israel. I'm just like, look at these are ancient battlefields that, you know, are, are coming up, right? There's nothing new under the sun. There is always going to be conflict. It's not about stop. You can you, the only way you smooth out this flow of life and conflicts and highs and lows is just try to get it as gradual. They're going to happen. You know why? Because human beings, regardless of the truth, they're going to manipulate whatever happened, and it's that's why it's so hard to go find truth. Because right away, man goes, "Oh, they attack them." Oh, well, then we could spin that and we could, hey, call Lockheed. Hey, call them. We need 6,000 more of this. Well, it's we all monkey blah, blah, blah. mind. It's all sympathetic nervous system living, right? It's and manipulation the idea. of the narrative. It's yeah, what yeah. it is. 
the idea with net zero, like net zero, meaning there's still trauma happening and that's realistic to expect like you're describing, right? But if we heal enough people with PTSD, that's less people who are living out of a trauma cycle in the world. And then if enough of those people get into positions of leadership or get into influential positions, maybe then we can preempt some of the wars or minimize the amount of violence that is involved in some of those sort of things. Like at the end of a whole bunch of wars historically, like there's the Mm. Pax Romana, the peace of the Roman Empire after, you know, a whole lot of war. There's the Pax Mongolia, the peace after... Genghis when Khan did, did an happen, awful lot of first horrible one, the things, Roman? right? What's that? Go ahead. When did the Roman one, the the Roman war piece? What what was that? When what was that? The, the Pax Romanus was, uh, you know, like after yeah. the, that was kind of the beginning of the rise of the nations, the church and state union under Constantine, and a bunch of those sorts of things, like. Because the, the book, the Immortality Key, t- attacks that 392 AD. You know that's why I was asking because right. yeah, was, I, 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 it's never it good when for? the church takes over the, po- <laughs> the the governing authority. Because uh, that's why I'm saying is like all organizations when they start to formulate, like you get too many humans together in this thing, it's like they're they become animals. They start to build hierarchies and people want to be at the top of the hierarchy. And That's who's right. The, who's affects, the head monkey yeah. and who's in charge of this whole thing? Is it the Pope in Rome or is it the Pope in the East there? And you get a schism in the 12th century. And is it Martin Luther or is it the Pope? And you get another schism in the 16th century. And, you know, like that's all kind of hierarchy based. But maybe we can get to a place where we're kind of like we reflect nature a little better. And nature is a holearchy where you've got... You know, everything's on the same level, but it interacts meaningfully with each other the way like, you know, mycelium work underground to keep trees alive all over the planet or, you know, those sorts of idealistic ways of viewing. Maybe we could structure society in a bit less violent way, in a bit less doggy dog, monkey climb tree sort of way, and maybe in a bit more like the way fungus interacts with plants or something like that you know what i mean yeah but fungus yeah the difference is i again man is a predator we have canines and and i don't care if you eat meat or you don't eat meat doesn't matter that does like i always say unless you are aware that you're an animal you're still an animal and then only then you can become a human like you can learn and you can choose do i want to be this way or do I not want to be this way to a certain degree? Cause you still are being programmed, which is why people can't make the changes. It's because they're alert neurologically programmed. And you know, they say, well, I did it. I could, I can get off drinking with, without any psychedelics or I can do this. I did it because that's your perspective and you did it, but that doesn't negate the fact that there are millions and millions and millions and millions of people that could actually use this. And if it's all about how we tell the story, because I can sit here and talk about the healing side of psychedelics, or I can talk about the performance side of psychedelics. And guess what? You get a whole bunch of people in their suits that aren't, that don't give a shit about healing because they can't look at it and they can go, Oh, this is a performance. This is actually a benefit to your brain Wolves with their canines, right? The psychedelics is just like putting a scope on a, on a rifle. We're still going to have bad people. There's still going to be bad practitioners. There's still going to be evil people doing evil things, manipulating other humans with psychedelics. But the reality is it's on the intention of the person. 
it's like, do you stop? Do you, do you not use something because of the effects that it could have on, you know, like, like it could do these things when it can also heal people. Like mm-hmm. it can do way more mm-hmm. good than bad. Yeah, yeah. Because it resets the default mode yeah, network. It's That's a tool, why. right? It's a sharp knife and I can, you know, cut a banana and feed my kids with it or I could cut a whole bunch of jugulars and be a real piece of shit with it, right? Like, here's like a thought experiment that I like to use thinking about like, you know, bad actors and human beings are, you know, animals in some ways and angels in other ways. Like, it took a while to create an amygdala in our brains in the first place, which is kind of like the, you know, oversimplified way of looking at the fear circuit in your brain is amygdala focused, right? If nobody... Nobody for the next 2 million years felt any fear and continued to have babies, we would eliminate the fear circuit in our brains. That's the way that a brain works with glial cells and the angel and the assassin and those sorts of things. Like It doesn't necessarily take psychedelics. It just takes being peaceful for a long enough period of time that we could get rid of the impulses that have served us well. Like we need fear to stay alive, right? Like you need fear in combat. You need fear in high pressure situations to be able to react as quickly as you do to stay alive, right? For now. But we don't know what things are going to be like 2 million years from now. Maybe we can influence things for the, you know, three score and 10 years that we have here. And to put us on a slightly different trajectory with respect to the evolution of our species where like maybe eventually someday we can put fear on the shelf and we don't really need it anymore. Right now we're building awareness and how this word fear, which means false evidence appearing real, (laughs) it literally is dictating all of humanity. The Bible talks about it more than anything. It's amazing. You could, after the, all the psychedelics I've done, I can take theology and I can interweave it with science and I can go, oh, that's this. Oh, that's what he's saying there. Oh, that's that. Because, you know, like I'm a big Joseph Campbell fan and he, he really it's there's this one line that always keeps coming into my mind. It's nothing is new under the sun. And that was written in Ecclesiastes by Solomon, who is supposedly the wisest man ever to exist. And I'm thinking that is the most truest statement I've ever seen. And it gives me peace because I see the wars. I see these things and I'm going, we're always going to be fighting the system. We're always going to be fighting the pharmaceutical industry. We're always going to be fighting, you know, the racial issues. We're always going to be fighting these things, but it can move forward if we take action and we do the things that are in alignment with God. And these medicines are from God. Mm -hmm. He created the the world and he gave us everything we needed. And it's like, we are so blinded that we need to take the person with the white coats opinion. And we, it's because of fear. It's because of programming. I feel, Oh my God, I'm feeling sick. I'm afraid I'm going to die. I just broke my leg. Where do I go? I go to the doctors. I go to the hospitals. They're going to dictate the narrative and they use fear to do it. That's how it works. So you're either scared or you're either safe. That's, that's That's it. That's how I summarize the anti-hero's journey. Like, I love Joseph Campbell. I love the hero's journey. I love the idea of heroes, but a hero always entails a villain. And even if that's like a metaphorical projection where you got to find somebody who's a bad guy, even if they aren't really, right? And I think we need to evolve past it. So the way I summarize the anti-hero's journey is that it's embodying all of life's paradoxes in a way that overcomes fear with love, which is some of what 
the mechanism of action of MDMA in MDMA-assisted therapy is, is turning down fear circuitry and turning up connection and love with, you know, oxytocin and serotonin and some of the things that are taking place there. And I think that there's a way in which to kind of move forward in the world where we evolve past the hero's journey. And I don't know, like, like I hear you talking, like, you know, I have a master of divinity and I have a medical license. I have a white coat and all of that sort of stuff too, right? But I can kind of see through it. So in, in similar ways to you, like you say, there's nothing new under the sun. And I'm, I'm that guy who's like always looking for a loophole. Like, okay. Mm. Oh, if, yeah, for like, sure. A, apparently aliens are real. What if we could get somebody to come from not under the sun to give us something new or something like that, yeah. right? Like well, steal fire they, from the gods. <laughs> yeah. If they are real, they've always been real. And it's only our narratives that we try to recreate. I mean, think about it. Nothing I'm saying or you're saying is like the first time. It's, we, it came to us. It's come to other people. And, and, our, and, and it, it supports the fact that this is a, a computer program. And it literally is gaining thoughts and gaining all these things, downloading these things. It's programmable. It's also reprogrammable. And that's yeah, yeah, what people exactly. don't do. They, they don't understand that. They think that they're just going to go, oh, this is wrong. Oh, got to go do this. And it's like, no, no, you don't. Yeah. You stay stuck Who in a loop. told you that? Until you see that it's a loop and decide you don't want to be on the loop anymore. And it's not that you'll escape ever being a loop as a human being, but maybe you can become aware enough to pick a better loop, pick a better story, pick a better journey. Yeah. The one thing you said about, you know, Kind of, I I see my whole mind sees things in contrast, kind of like the yin yang. Like it has to have contrast. Like every piece of art, they talk about contrast. They talk about it in writing music. They talk about it in making a film. They talk about it in everything. It's always contrast. It's always and and so the idea of like resetting the default mode network is that the individual doesn't feel that they're in survival mode. That's what PTSD is. It's a scarring of the energetic system that creates, it's like, what does people go? Well, what is trauma? Cause they think that PTSD is the combat thing. And I'm like, no, it's a nervous yeah, yeah. system thing. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and they're like, well, what, what do I have? You know, like the word trauma is a potent word. And they're like, well, I don't have what you have and you don't have what he has. And I'm thinking, no, simply put, it's an experience. It's a, an emotional experience, an energetic experience, really, that leaves a mark and starts to change the programming of the mind. And that's, that's the injury. That's the thing. And medicine doesn't treat that. And there's reasons why they don't treat it. Yeah, yeah. But the reality is, but but the thing is, is like, like again, it's like the other side of this is the work that we're doing is the importance of the environment on the system. Yeah, oh yeah. And and so so you know they can say go in their you know apartment and and stay in the same job in the same environment, but they're doing like this work inside, and sometimes that's all you can do. And so like they're trying to change themselves outside of the environment, and I'm like, dude, this is awesome. But the reality is you don't always have to stay in that environment. If human beings just took their families and said, you know what, let's go get some land. 
there's a couple acres. I know it's going to be a little convenient. The shopping mall is not going to be there. It's going to be a little longer yeah. drive for the yes. school. But yes. guess what? You get freedom. You get freedom. And if we start doing that, guess what? It's harder to control the narrative. And guess what? We have another tool. This whole thing that everybody's freaked out about because kids are on their phones, which is incredibly important to realize that it is programming our human beings. It's, it's programming us. But we also have the other side of that sword. We have an open system that we can share information. We're always going to be in this infrastructure where yeah. we're going to have to defeat it. And people don't think that way. They just, yeah. they just see it and go, oh, okay. It's another oh, tool, okay. right? Like it's, it's a way that you and I are connected across time zones and having a beautiful conversation and sharing it with the world. Like I found out this week, my podcast is number eight in the science category in Luxembourg. I don't know anybody in Luxembourg, Germany? bro. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, where is Luxembourg? Like, it's real close to Germany, right? Like, but Doc. people are listening in. They're, you know, they're tuning in. Prost. And listen, well, there's right? some smart, there's lots some smart of beautiful things going on. A lot of smart things come out of Germany. <laughs> I drive a badass German car. German engineering, nothing, baby. <laughs> nothing drives better than this BMW diesel all-wheel drive, baby. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, but, you know, like the darker side of it, right? The dark web, like the, the, a level of evil that happens on the internet at the same time. Sometimes I think like I would crawl through a mile of broken glass to turn the off switch on the internet just to keep people from like trafficking each other and all sorts of awful things. Yeah, it's a contrast, the internet, right? Yeah, like it's, it's the a ex- contrast, the most extreme contrast you could possibly imagine. Unbelievable, but get you know what dictates it? It's the intention. You know what screws with people's intention is fear. So you can pierce that contrast. You can pierce it and you can determine if you see it in good or evil. And I'm not neglecting the bad. I just choose to look for the good, knowing full well that the bad is out there. But we, like you said, we can defeat all the fear and the the darkness with light. Yeah. We have perfect to, love casts out fear, so the good book says. And we have to and we have to embrace the fact that that darkness is part of this existence that if we don't treat it with its same respect as the light and that's sitting in the shit that's the one of the most important concepts if somebody's out there and they want to get better the important concept of the work is actually feeling the things that don't feel comfortable because we wouldn't have took the drugs we wouldn't have drank we wouldn't looked at the porn if we didn't feel good Mm. and i've overcome my porn addiction I've overcome my pill addiction and I overcome my alcohol addiction. The flatter two were easy. The porn mm. was the hardest one. Mm. And, yeah, yeah. and, and it's, people don't talk about that, but it's like doing a line of cocaine. That's exactly the exact same effect on the body. Yeah, it's addictive for sure. And it's even worse because it's part of your animalistic being is to these organs. It's not, That's why it's harder, I, in my opinion. The yeah. sexual part is yeah, harder sure to treat than uh, um, just a cocaine addiction. Yeah. There, it's, uh, we, got, we got, I can reset you right now. Let's go. You do some Ibogaine and, <laughs> you know, five MEO and you someday. think you're not thinking about drinking anymore. after this. Someday. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's see, like how much would that impact their economy right there? Just that. Sure. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, a couple of days from now, I'll be walking around doing this thing behind my back again, but. 
Not if I reset my default mode network, baby. Come and get me. Right, exactly. Like even through, I noticed like there's this coin flip or there's this like two sides of the same coin around like integration therapy in my experience with, you know, ketamine and breath work is like, I used to be, there were plenty of situations where it didn't make sense to be as hyper vigilant as I was, right? Like watching everybody's hands in church, like who's the active shooter in this scenario or whatever. Right. But like, I'm just on, I'm living out of that monkey brain, out of that sympathetic stem. And now like I have a similar level of hyper vigilance, but it's like, I'm watching everybody's hands just to make sure like, does that guy have enough to eat? Like, is that person, are they okay? Do they need help? Like, it's still kind of watching the whole environment. I don't know if I'll ever stop watching the whole environment the same way, but it's it's looking to help. It's looking to be loving. It's not looking for fear and violence. I love that. Because I trust fear. Like, fear's there. And when I need it, it's going to show up whether I want it to or not. Somebody comes into the room with a gun. I'm going to be doing things that I didn't even like expect to be doing. By the time it's over, I'll be like, Jesus, did that just happen or whatever, right? But you can just kind of put fear on the shelf to some extent if that's the case. And you can just be hyper-vigilantly loving instead of hyper-vigilantly fearful. Yeah. Right? It's amazing what happens when you project love. Right? It's really amazing. <laughs> you just find like it it's, everywhere. It's kind of crazy because you want to talk about the mycelium and the need for people to feel safe. They want to be connected. It's because you homeostasis happens. Any artist knows this. If I am in a flow state and I feel safe, well, guess what? That's when you start opening up this energy. That's when you start opening up your creativity. That's when you start figuring a way out of the shit that you started in and in like how you crawl out of the thing that you you created it's because you got to to access a different part of the mind you have to change yeah your energy your your mind yeah Yeah. this word is change can we we say that about a hundred more times well and, and that's like the old greek biblical word for repentance is metanoia it's change mind but it's not change your mind like do a 180 it's like change your mind like a dirty diaper like take this old mind off and put this new mind on is like what it wine, means like a wine skin <laughs> yeah like a like an old one being replaced you by can't a new put wine a new right wine skin on an old wine skin you can't like say i want to change this and then i'm gonna keep all these other deep dark secrets no yeah. sorry yeah. you're good yeah. sorry i mean you can let me know how that works out for you <laughs> right. but you'll be like back and doing all the i didn't do i need to do another medicine i need to do another medicine it's like no no you don't I mean, you know what? I don't judge people too. That's the thing is in our own minds, even with my journey, it's like, you know, I have an opportunity to go do medicine. And I ironically always, I'm always in like, as soon as I know the opportunities there, my mind goes, no, you don't need it. No, you don't need it. Because I know subconsciously, if I commit to that, that I am going to surrender and my body does not want to surrender. My mind does not want to surrender, but I know from my history, my experience, that when I surrender, that's you flipping the switch and saying, I am trusting the universe. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting everything. And I'm going to override you. And I'm going to tell you something. If a person doesn't feel safe or at least attempt to feel safe, And that as a healer, that is your job. That is your mission is to make that patient feel safe. Because if you do that, you can 
change their life. You can heal them of so many more things than just PTSD. I mean, go talk to Dr. Joe Dispenza and go see the people. I've sat next to people that had stage four cancer tumors that were doctors that were like, okay, I can't do anything. There's no way. I know, I know, I feel that there's something wrong about the way we're doing this. It doesn't work. And then they end up going to Dr. Joe, you know, dispenser retreats that aren't cheap, but they're worth it. And over two years of freaking doing the work, guess what? Her tumors freaking melted. They shrank and they're gone. I had a kid that was, he had PTSD growing up and he lost some of his hearing. Imagine that a kid literally neurologically changing their programming of their ears because they don't want to hear the shit that they're hearing. This kid couldn't hear since he was five. And I, he literally, after doing this breath work and this stuff, he literally could hear again. Yeah. I mean, I've read, I've read, we are the placebo. I haven't looked into like Joe's stuff in recent years. I'll have to like go subscribe to the Gaia channel or something and check some more of that stuff out. Well, I think there's, I think that we're at this point where we're integrating science and spirituality. The gig is up. People are just like, they're starting to feel this like awareness that there's another way. And I, and I think that's called hope. And I think hope is another word for belief and faith yeah, because yeah, yeah. when you, Absolutely. when you start to believe faith, something, hope and this, love. well, this is what the book talks about. It's the power of belief that truly heals somebody. And it's, and, 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 and that's why I'm such an advocate for the psychedelics because the psychedelics gives you an experience that tricks the body into thinking that the experience is real and so when it does that, it changes the neurochemistry. You don't need to take your drugs anymore. You don't need to do these things because you just reset the neurochemistry. And that's what the medicine, the, the Western medicine, ain't, they aren't going to be fans of this whole reset thing. You're becoming you know? You know, fully human and healthy and whole again. And, uh... No, it's, but, there, but see, this is what the thing is. The society is going to be acting in fear that they can't control the people. And the reality is, no, the people, you don't have to control people. If they're liberated and they're feeling free, they're going to produce more. America gets stronger, but the people in power, they have a seesaw thing, right? If America goes down, that money flows into their pockets. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a complicated balance to strike, right? That's why you got to get in your wagon. You got to go find your land and get your gotta chickens. Find your land to get I'm away. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the smart move, right? I like it. This yeah. was supposed to be one of those Q5 podcast episodes where I asked people the same five questions. and I didn't ask a single one of them, but I feel like you answered virtually all of them. I'm just going to go ahead and wrap it up with the fifth question. Yeah. Who are you really, Tommy yeah. Achado? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. I, I, I did look at him before the, uh, I got in the shower this morning. Who am I? I am. Doc out.